With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, kinfolk? Welcome to the number one college football show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're going to talk through my week five top 25, as well as the Associated Press top 25. A little bit of what I think they got right, what we agree on, and what we disagree on. And that's what this is about, conversation starter. Plus a little bit of a nugget and a story as we get into the ranking season in particular. And toward the end, we're going to talk about my top five dudes coming off of week four, uh, week four performances that were outstanding. So let's get started right away with my top 25 and taking a look at what I have here. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. Those are identical to the Associated Press top five, right? That is not where we're going to have some disagreement. I think where we start to have some disagreement is obviously with me thinking that Kentucky's better than, say, a USC who I have at 10. And then they have, uh, or I have Kentucky at six, they have USC at six, they have Kentucky at seven. So we're not that far off. I think when we start to get into the far off parts of these rankings, the first one that I'm going to focus on is who's not here for them and who is there for me, Kansas. All right. You know that I have been the national media guy who has been the conductor on the locomotive known as Kansas Jayhawks football. It's one of two, maybe three, depending on how you want to talk about it, trains that I have been conducting simultaneously and after what they were able to do against Duke I don't know how you can keep them off of this top 25 it's not just that they beat Duke in front of a sellout crowd with pressure on them for the first time in lord knows how long it's that Duke was 3-0 when they came in so Duke is not your mama's Duke okay Mike Elko's got that team going in a great way it's also that Jalen Daniels has entered into the fringe Heisman conversation with this outstanding performance And then it's that Lance Leipold has acted for all the world like Kansas football is supposed to be here and doesn't know why they weren't here all to begin with. That is the kind of confidence you can have in your program when you've won six national championships. You know who else has won six national championships? Dude named Nick Saban at Alabama, right? Uh, Come on, guys. Like I know good coaching because you know good coaching, right? That doesn't make me any uh, purveyor of the sport, even as that's my job. If you know a good coach when you see six national championships, you probably understand what good coaching is. Now, other part about this that I think is understated about Kansas is is that they beat West Virginia, right? Their first Big 12 opponent. So they are at the top of the Big 12 standings and that they beat a previously ranked Houston. And now we want to act like those wins don't actually matter as West Virginia gave Pittsburgh everything they want. And then Tennessee gave Pittsburgh everything they want And we're really talking about, I think, splitting hairs here. I think Kansas is a top 25 team, and I think they will continue to show that 
even as we get into late October, when you start to get to see who's holding up and who's not inside of conference play, the Big 12 is all sorts of topsy-turvy. Like I was playing with the standings just earlier today, and I put out a question on the Twitters that I hope you will answer, which is who will win the Big 12 championship in 2022? Because number one, you got Kansas. And then at eight, Oklahoma. At nine, Texas. And then at 10, West Virginia. Just a wild year inside of the league that I have basically been watching for its entirety since I was nine years old. All right, next on the list for me, I want to talk about Minnesota, okay? You have heard by now, I have been yelling that Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, are going to be good for the last two months. A lot of that has to do with understanding continuity and understanding what they have at the skill level. And look at Muhammad Ibrahim doing exactly what he has been doing the whole time he's been at Minnesota. Ibrahim has rushed for over 100 yards in 13 consecutive games. That's dating back to like 2019. And now they have the coordinator back in Kirk Soraka who helped them win 11 games in 2019, along with the quarterback who helped them win 11 games in 2019, along with the head coach that helped them win 11 games in 2019. And they're off to a 4-0 start. They go on the road for the first time this year, and they absolutely wrecked Michigan State, 34-7. At one point, the Golden Gophers had 345 yards of offense to Michigan State's 45. Like it was, or excuse me, 312 to 45. There it is. What I'm saying here is that Minnesota now, for the first time, starting to get some recognition. You could see that inside of the Associated Press Top 25. When they have them at 21, I have them at nine. I think the world of Minnesota, I think they're going to represent the Big Ten West. I think that Iowa is going to have their hands full when they have to play them. Same thing with Illinois. Certainly the same thing is through with Wisconsin, who was obviously reeling after giving up 52 to a really great Buckeyes team, but still 52. Also leads me into a great story that I want to relate to you as we continue to do the rankings. And if you've been watching the show for the last two years, you understand. Sometimes my rankings seem a little off compared to the Associated Press. Why is that? Okay, 1935 Associated Press sports editor Alan J. Gould thought it would be cool as a conversation starter to rank what he thought of as the best teams in college football. I think he started with 20, right? After the season ended, the end of the season, this man with his first national championship poll decided to rank Minnesota, Princeton, and SMU all as co-number ones. <laughs> Three national championships in ninth national champions in 1935. Okay, so Gopher fans didn't think too highly of this, and they let themselves be heard. And then the next year, Gould was like, you know what? I'll let everybody else vote in this too. So now we have 62 voters for the Associated Press poll. It had been 20, right? Then they went to 10 from 1961 to 1967, which appeased nobody. And then 1989, they went to 25. Why? Because it's almost like having 25 teams makes for better conversation inside of college football than, say, 10, right? That is another reason why we like to do it here at Fox Sports. And we like to ask, well, I ask myself and I actually take a lot of input from the staff about what teams are good, what teams are not, and if tradition is actually to be respected or is tradition peer pressure from dead people? Because that's how it can sometimes feel. We rank a team highly because in the past they were really, really good. That doesn't sit well with me, but I'm also a new media guy, right? And I just turned 35 this year. Sometimes I have to keep that in perspective as we talk about the Michigans, Ohio States, Alabamas, Clemsons of the world, because Clemson has earned it over the last 10 years. Say nothing of Georgia. So from that story about Minnesota and explaining why I love Minnesota, let's talk about another team that I had to be talked into and has frankly been showing themselves to be pretty doggone good within reason. 
that'd be the uh, Michigan Wolverines, right? So I watched every bit of the big noon game on Saturday where Michigan was in a ball game with Maryland. And there's some things that I liked and there were some things that really bugged me. One of the things I liked that I hope everybody liked was Blake Corum running, okay? That dude went 30 carries for 243 yards in a tight ball game, absolutely put the Michigan Wolverines on his back when he had to go put them on his back. As a matter of fact, you get a fourth and one call inside the red zone. You got to have it to basically put the game away. And that man takes it all the way to the house. It's just outstanding. Like this is the play right here. Look at this. Goodness me. It's almost as if Maryland did not know they were going to hand play core of the football. Who else are you going to give the football in this scenario? Look at this. That's just gorgeous. He's so fast. But that's also the point about this Michigan football team. They are a Formula One car. Okay. They got a very low drag coefficient, and they're real fast down the straights. You get ahead of steam with J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corm. good luck on that. And then they're playing outstanding defense. I don't think Maryland is by far the best team they're going to have to play in the Big Ten. They still got a Penn State team that's undefeated. They still got, obviously, Ohio State that Thanksgiving day uh, weekend that we're all looking forward to at this point. But they're going to have some foibles around the way. I think they're just going to have to figure out ways to win that's why I'm really interested to see them play Iowa this Saturday in Iowa City. That's another team that I want to talk about here briefly. I caught some hell for having the Hawkeyes in my preseason top 25, but one of the reasons that I had them in the preseason top 25 is because I knew the defense that they had was mostly intact within reason. I did not expect it to be as good as it has been, and it has been phenomenal. As a way for me to help you better understand this, Iowa – has managed to allow just 23 points to four opponents combined. That is the lowest amount of points that an Iowa defense has allowed in the first four games of the season, so the first third of the season since 1956, 66 years since they've been that dominant on defense. And then the Hawkeyes with the roll-safe knowledge, you don't need your offense to score if your defense can score. Like, the Hawkeye defense has scored 16 points this season, two touchdowns, two safeties. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say that the Iowa defense has outscored the Iowa offense because it feels good to say, but if you've been watching Iowa football, you probably love this. This is probably one of the sexiest statistics that you've ever seen in your life, alongside Torrey Taylor, who's, like, leading the nation in punting and is probably going to run away with the Ray Guy Award. That's how they get down in Kinnick, Okay. They want to put a rock in your hand, a rock in their hand, and they want to see who's going to bash each other to death first. They're not going to try to run around you. They're not going to try to throw over you. They're just going to try to beat the hell out of you. I like watching that kind of football. So when I get to see this Iowa defense go against that Michigan offense, we get to know something for real about Michigan and whether or not they get to keep this number four spot in my rankings and the Associated Press rankings, which is the last spot for the college football playoff. And oh, by the way, the team I rank ahead of them, the team that the Associated Press ranks ahead of them, is Ohio State, which feels like it is absolutely going to destroy everybody that it plays. And then maybe we get what I want, which is an Ohio State-Georgia National Championship game because that would that would really just thrill me, and I think that would make the sport so much better. Also add to the Iowa bit here, Spencer Petras and the offense have not committed a turnover for the second straight game. I think if they don't commit a turnover against Michigan, they're probably going to beat Michigan because that defense is so good. And J.J. McCarthy has not demonstrated to me that he can go win you a football game. Blake Corum has. 
Well, we know that Iowa's going to sell out to stop the run and make the sophomore quarterback go beat them down the field. If he can do it, more power to Michigan. If he can't do it, you understand, right? So another team I want to talk about inside of my top 25 that I didn't dock as much as the Associated Press poll docked, but I understand it. So I took number six Oklahoma to number 11 Oklahoma after getting embarrassed in Norman by Kansas State, okay? This game was not close if you were watching it. And Adrian Martinez is out there like 2002 Reggie McNeil doing anything he wants to an Oklahoma defense. This is not the Adrian Martinez that we had seen in the first three games of the season. In the first three games of the season, Adrian Martinez had passed for all of 300 yards, averaging 100 yards passing per game and 4.6 yards per completion. In this game, he just absolutely went off. We're talking about 243, or excuse me, 234 pass yards and, my goodness, 148 yards rushing, 21 rushes, 382 yards that Adrian Martinez is responsible for because obviously he just wants to get up for Oklahoma, even as Marvin Mims and Dylan Gabriel played outstanding football. This is the thing that I learned most about Oklahoma in this game. Oklahoma has been tremendously blessed at the quarterback position. We've had a steady run of good quarterback play basically for 20 years. If you give it a, if you really give it some thought there, right? Josh Heupel, right? To Jason White. Talk about Brett Bomar if you want to, or even my goodness, uh, Nate Hibble, if you want to, then you go to Paul Thompson who won a big 12 championship, right? Then you can go to Sam Bradford, Landry Jones, have a bit of a dip with Trevor Knight, but he also beat Nick Saban in Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. And then you're getting into Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, dudes that the NFL has depended on to push its sport forward. And now you have Dylan Gabriel. The knock on Dylan Gabriel is not that he is inefficient or that he is not a great quarterback. It's that he's not a legendary quarterback, okay? He still hasn't thrown an interception all year, which is fascinating and phenomenal up there with Hinton Hooker and his ability to take care of the football. But on fourth and got to get it, he couldn't get it. That happened three times last night that I was watching. Once in third quarter, once in fourth quarter. All you got to do is hit Drake Stoops in the hands in the fourth quarter. You're in the ball game. That is what Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and even Jalen Hurts were able to provide Oklahoma. Legendary quarterback play. You remember what I think is the greatest regular season game of my life. Jalen Hurts brought Oklahoma back against a Baylor team that should have beat the hell out of them by 25, right? We've seen Kyler Murray go God mode in the Big 12 championship game against Texas to win the Heisman in that game. We know what Baker Mayfield is and who he was at Oklahoma, not just the flag at Ohio State, but a guy that went from walk-on to walk-on to Heisman, okay? That's not to say that Dylan Gabriel's not good or even great. It's just to say that he's not those guys. One other thing to underscore there, Dylan Gabriel has the benefit of the best defense that I have seen in the last five years, and that defense gave up 41 points. That is a game in which you got to carry them, right? That is a game for which Kyler Murray would carry them. 2018 defense, specifically the pass defense, but the defense, garbage, bad, awful. Still, Kyler Murray would put that team on his back and take it to the 45, 50 points that it needed to win a football game. Now, some of that, I believe, is also the marriage with Lincoln Riley and the offense and the way they want to run it. I think Jeff Levy's still figuring out what it means to coach offense in this league where everybody's seen some version of what you're doing already because it's a pass-happy league that's become a defensively dominated league and one in which is pushing defense forward. Jim Knowles takes Oklahoma State to the Fiesta Bowl 
ends up at Ohio State. That's what we're doing down here in the Big 12. Dave Aranda is a household name. Matt Campbell tasked John Haycock with being the first dude to stop Baker Mayfield in 2017, and he did. Lance Leipold, national champion coach. Chris Kleiman, national champion coach. What I'm saying is, it's not that Oklahoma's that bad. It's that everybody else is catching up. And it's going to get ugly if they keep doing what I think they're going to do. Like, the floor for this Oklahoma team is lower than it's been in five years. The ceiling is also lower than it's been in five years. You're going to have to fight through that. And as Brent Venables said going into this Kansas State game, you're going to have to strain. This is going to be a tough season for Oklahoma because a Kansas State team that got beat by Tulane 17 to 10 went into your house and handed you your head by 41 points. That is not a good look as you got Texas Christian, who's undefeated this weekend, and then, oh, yeah, the Red River rivalry where we expect Quinn Ewer to be healthy and ready to go, and they're going to be pushing, too, as they just got knocked off by Texas Tech. All right? One more team that I wanted to get to in this conversation is just teams that I put in there that they didn't. So Oklahoma gets docked because Associated Press poll voters, I like to think, are mad at them for making them believe that they were going to be great and had them at number six, so they drop them to what is it here in the AP poll. It is number 18. Cool, fine, I'm all right, that's okay, I get that. Kansas State, I have at 20, uh, excuse me, 24. They have them at 25. See, they're giving Kansas State a lot of credit for being able to beat an Oklahoma team, even as their other wins aren't that great, and their loss to Tulane is actually bad. Okay, well, another one here is Pitt and Florida State and Wake Forest. I just don't think that those teams are as good. I was I thought I was way ahead on Florida State last year, and it might have been this year to do it, but I look at teams like Iowa. I look at teams like Kansas. I look at teams like Texas Tech. I think those teams are good. I mean, Tech went and got a win against a Texas team I thought was going to maul them and embarrass them in front of a sellout crowd. And then Joey McGuire feeling himself so much that he said three things in a postgame speech that really stuck me. We played it on the recap show. You can go listen to it. But he said beating Texas ain't nothing. Wow, that's one, right? All roads run through Lubbock. That's two. And the other one was I told you that Texas was going to break, and they did. He called them soft in his post-game speech, and there's not a damn thing that Texas can do about it because Tech won that game stripping B. John Robinson of the, of the football. You stripped Texas's best player of the football in overtime, and you went and you took a win. That's just the facts, right? I'm really, really looking forward to the rest of this Big 12 season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Let's go from talking about my rankings and the Associated Press rankings to top five dudes from this week four. Let's go one to five. I mentioned most of them here. Number one for me, Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels, 19 of 23 for 324 yards passing, 83 rush yards on 11 rushes, four TDs, and a 35-27 win against previously undefeated Duke. And it has to be slotted in there, if not as a fringe Heisman candidate, if you don't want to, certainly as a dude who's leading for Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year and really giving his coach, Lance Leipold, a shoe in 
for coach of the year in 2022 for the Big 12. Number two on this list, I mentioned already, Michigan running back Blake Corum, 30 rushes for 243 yards and a 34-27 win against Maryland in Ann Arbor. He is going to be the number one college football show's player of the week. Check that on the Instagrams, on the Facebooks, on the Twitters. My man Javion does a great job mocking those up each and every week, and this was easy. I mean, Blake just made it easy for all of us there. Number three on this list, K-State quarterback Adrian Martinez, a cast-off from Nebraska that they were not really that upset to lose, shows up to Oklahoma for the second time in two years and says, no, I'm getting a W this time. 382 total yards, 148 rush yards, and a win against the number six team in the country, just demonstrably, 41 to 34. It was not that close. Congratulations to Adrian Martinez and the K-State Wildcats. Number four on this list for me, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix, 33 of 44 in a thriller over Washington State, 428 yards passing, three TDs, and an INT. It was a vintage Bo Nix game because I swear to you, as you're watching that game, you're not thinking that Bo Nix is playing one of the games of his life. You're thinking Auburn Bo Nix is here to stay because there were pick sixes. Like that pick he threw was a 98-yard pick return for a touchdown. That game was outstanding, all right? Wazoo is going to knock off somebody else. Thought it was going to be Oregon after they already got Wisconsin. That's a good football team. Matter of fact, both the Washington team, outstanding this year. That could be so much fun. But shouts to Bo Nix, who has bounced back from being embarrassed again, by the way, by Georgia to help him put up 73 on a really good Eastern Washington team. I think they were number 10 in the FCS preseason poll. And then getting a win against Brigham Young, when I didn't think they were going to do that. And then getting this win against Washington State, which I didn't think they were going to do that. They are proving your boy wrong, and they're probably going to be there battling with Utah and USC for the Pac-12 championship at the end. And then last on the list for me, Texas Tech quarterback Donovan Smith completed 38 of 56 passes, 331 yards, two TDs against number 22, Texas. Longhorns held the Heisman winner in Bryce Young to 27 of 39 for 213 and a TD, and he didn't even look that good until the last, like, four, or I don't say two series of the fourth quarter against Texas. And Donovan Smith was the backup quarterback coming into this season. Tyler Shuck had beat him out. Tyler Shuck went down with an injury. Donovan Smith has stepped in and done an outstanding job of leading Joey McGuire's Texas Tech Red Raiders to what is turning into, or could be, a memorable season for those folks in Lubbock fresh off of winning college football on Fox's best fans in the country. They got the billboard in Lubbock to prove it. And they are acting like it. Have a day, have a weekend red Raiders. This is outstanding football. This is the stuff that I really love to do. This is stuff I really love to talk about. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of the number one college football show. My thanks as always to our lead producer, Tyler Wojak. Our senior producer is Catherine Donnelly. Our director is John Marcus. Our social media maven is Javion Duncan. Our lead of screening is Rachel Cohen, and I'm the host, RJ. We will see y'all spaces on a Tuesday night, 8.15 Central Standard Time. Doses.